we doing again today on this beautiful Wednesday of this new week. I hope that you're doing okay. I am also enjoying my day today. And so today I want to continue with the subject of the life and ministry of Jesus. So my name is Judith Mendoza. I am an ordained minister and I also teach when it comes to uh, the matter of spiritual matters, teaching what the Bible says. And so uh, I want to help others. So if you want to know about what the Bible says and understand what the Bible says, um, I invite you to open your Bible at home or on your uh, telephone, on your tablet, whatever you use, and so that you can also look up the scriptures as I consider them. It is each and every one of us responsibility to know what the Bible says because the message is a message from God to all humans it doesn't matter what background we are what color of skin we have what language we speak where we're from in the planet earth we are all responsible and accountable to God and so it is a privilege to have a relationship with God and so understanding what the Bible says is of extreme importance and I thank you for joining me today so today I wanted to start I mean I have been meditating on what the Bible says in regards to this topic that I'm going to speak about today. And of course, the Bible does not contradict itself. The Bible goes together. It's, it, it is in harmony with everything that everyone wrote. And so from the beginning of the Bible, we have that God stipulated that we find which is the considered the first prophecy that is in the Bible and that it was told by God himself and so Moses the writer of the first five books of the Bible put it in writing for us speak they didn't speak back then 
uh, with Adam and Eve and they don't speak now and they will not be speaking so there he says on starts on 14 and you can read the entire Bible if you want to understand the whole message of God's Word and how uh, throughout time it took about 1,500 years to write the Bible the entire Bible from different people different times in different eras but everyone had a message that had to do with previous messages and so on 14 of Genesis chapter 3 says and I am going to read this because this applies to what Jesus continued to do because Jesus fulfills prophecy and he con we will see how he continues to fulfill prophecy as he begins his ministry and so there he says on Genesis chapter 2 verse 14 he says then Jehovah God said to the serpent because you have done this you are the cursed one out of all the domestic animals and out of all the wild animals of the field on your belly you will go and you will eat dust all the days of your life so this has a double meaning uh, we know that in the bible we can find symbolic language uh, we can find also uh, language that is comparable to what we know as aac or alternative augmentative communication and we also have comparative language which it is that one thing compares to another and so in this instance we know that Satan decided that he was going to use a serpent to deceive the woman and so she disobeyed animal 
a one point or equal the well in my opinion that is what I was going to say but before I say it the study was that scientists wanted to prove their their evolution their evolution um, theory or idea and they were talking about that the snake kind of seemed like it was going to have legs and so uh, somehow they were under the impression that this animal most likely was going to evolve as how they have uh, said about other animals that supposedly evolved but we have known that that is not the situation we know that each animal has their own set of where or class or type so in the animals we can find different classes of animals of course that is not in the humans in the humans we're humans that's it and so of course God created us different that is one reason and then in regards to that study and the reason in regards to this animal we can conclude or I in my opinion have concluded because they have their theories and I have mine right and so uh, according to what I know according to what my research is according to what I believe once I study certain data and certain information which is the way that it's supposed to be with every one of us right I mean everyone has an opinion and at the end Basically, that's, that's, that's what it is. And if there is evidence proving whatever it is that is being proven, then we all come to an agreement and agree with whatever findings there are. That is the way that things function. Uh, but some, of course, like to have disciples following them in regards to what they believe want them followers, their disciples of whatever, whomever, um, to, to also believe what they believe. And so, but for me, in regards to that study, that study showed to me, in my opinion, it proved what it says in here. It says uh, on 14 that you are cursed out of all the domestic animals. If you know the matter, it says here domestic animals, right? Then it says, out of all the wild animals of the field. Then it mentions also about the wild animals of the field. And we know that there's a difference between domestic and wild animals of the field. And then uh, it mentions on your belly you will go and you will eat dust all the days of your life so those legs in my opinion those legs that they encounter those who study this animal and and it seemed to them that it was going to be some evolution theory being proven uh, to me what it is is that at this animal at 
some point had legs and in order for God's word to become fulfilled and also become fulfilled in Satan because Satan eventually was kicked out out of heaven and eventually he has been uh, cast out and eventually he is going to be unable to do much and so when it comes to the animal my belief is that this animal at one point had legs because otherwise why would it make sense that an animal that is already on its belly that God will say that that is a curse and that is now going to be Jesus 
crushes the head of Satan, that hasn't happened yet, that will happen at the end of the thousand year reign, and then um, that you will strike him in the heel, meaning that Satan will strike Jesus, and it will be as if he is being strike in the heel, because really he suffers harm, but it is not an ultimate long-lasting harm. Jesus gets to be resurrected by his father. So just wanted to clarify that because I, my mind went, went somewhere and I said something else. And so today I wanted to explain, continue to explain in regards to Jesus' life and ministry and how he continues to fulfill prophecy, including this prophecy that is found at Genesis 3.15. And so we have learned that Jesus got baptized um, after Jesus was living in, um, in the city of Since 
uh, the beginning with Adam and Eve, we have Cain and Abel, who were two brothers. And uh, Cain was envious of his own brother. He ended up killing him. So that situation has multiplied over and over and over again. We humans, which are we, we are, we are of the same type killing one another, persecuting one another, being envious of one another. So that situation that happened in, in that time with Adam and Eve, it just kept multiplying. So of course, since the beginning, even though God, God himself spoke to Cain and warned him in regards to his attitude, to keep his composure, to not allow his himself to lose control of his own feelings and emotions because he will end up doing something something bad, which he did. He didn't listen to God. He did not listen to God himself speak to him. Why? Well, maybe he was under the impression that he was God. Remember that Satan has said that humans could rule themselves without God's help. So most likely, Cain was thinking, well, you and I, we're both the same. We're in the same level. Obviously, that is noted in his uh, behavior, in his attitude towards God when he when he answers to God in regards to the question, where is your brother? And he said, am I my brother's keeper? To God, he's speaking to God and being very disrespectful. So that attitude has flourished throughout history with humans. And of course, we know and see that the fear of God, the way that it should be, How do we know 
if this organization, because God said there will be two and they will be opposed to one another because one will be with God, doing God's will, and the other will be with Satan, being a Satan, doing a Satan, which is what Jesus came, uh, when Jesus came to the earth, he made that very visible. So how do you begin an organization? Because remember, the people of Israel were in a covenant relationship already with God. They were in a relationship with God already. They were a nation dedicated to God and all other nations around the nation of Israel, the Israelites, the Hebrews, they knew. All these other nations knew about this existence of these um, Israelites, these people being dedicated to God. So, how we begin an organization? Obviously, Jesus knew that this was going to be necessary. Obviously, Jesus understood that worship had changed because John is sent by God, not by Jesus, but by God in, uh, before Jesus to prepare a way, to prepare a people for Jehovah God. So the beginning of that organization, the transition of worship started with John. When John is commissioned to go and preach repentance people had to repent of their sins and yes that had been done already that was being done under the law of Moses people had to uh, give uh, their sacrifices to show repentance that they had repented and so throughout the year they had to do certain uh, different times in different times they had to go to the temple to give different type of sacrifices and of course the reason why was um, this done this way is that humans had to be reminded that they were imperfect and they needed salvation they needed a savior they needed someone to rescue them from sin and death that was the reason why God allow the sacrifices to continue but in the time of John started to switch the type of worship that was going to become accepted and that began from one day to another people now had to start worship God through Jesus or he was preparing the way for that to happen because after Jesus dies then this is the type of worship that will be accepted no more it will be sacrifices of animals because Jesus becomes the lamb he's known as the lamb of God and that is what John calls him now we begin I'm going to begin in John chapter 1 verses 29 through 51 
that is when he tells us about Jesus begins to make his disciples and um, we know that Jesus had been tempted he went for 40 days and 40 nights to the wilderness he stayed there just as Moses had foreshadowed Jesus did and so um, we have that he stayed there he was tempted by the devil and after that uh, 40 days and 40 nights happened Jesus returns uh, to to John to where he was Jesus returns uh, to John who had baptized him and so he returns back to Galilee and so as Jesus approached John John points him out so we have to use our imagination here so Jesus is returning from the wilderness right so he's walking and they see him from a distance and so John see him and exclaims to those present there because John has disciples he has followers also and uh, he see he says to them see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world this is the one about whom I said behind me there comes a man who has advanced in front of me for he existed before me so John here John the Baptist John the one who baptized who's baptizing people who has been set, sent by God to do this new way of uh, of dedicating one li one's life to God of becoming repentant right because he has said to them that uh, they had to repent and they had to turn to God and so now Jesus is returning and he points out that he is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world but now also we have to remember in regards to John the writer John has seen 16 visions so when he writes this book of John which is uh, he wrote the book of Apocalypse or Revelation first in 96 or 90, 98 CE he is given God approaches him gives him uh, through Jesus and through an angel they approach John and they give him 16 revelations that is the first book that John writes and then he decides to write a book that bears his name John and then he also writes letters which are the letters of uh, John 1 John 2 John 3 or 1st of John 2nd of John 3rd of John so we have to know that when we are studying the Bible it is important that we know that 
because for some reason when we read it when we read this we don't have the understanding that uh, Matthew Mark and Luke were not giving these visions these 16 visions they could read it from what John wrote to the congregations but they were not giving the visions and John uh, the one who was giving the visions John the writer of the book of uh, John John, he had wrote the book of Apocalypse or Revelation already. So when John writes, he goes deep into the scriptures. He can understand the whole picture in regards to Jesus. He can recollect, and just like how we have the complete set of Bible now, that we can go and we can put the dots together to form God's uh, God's thinking, God's purpose for humans and for everything that He has created. We can understand that He's a God of justice, He's a God of love, of wisdom and might. And so when John, John the writer, writes about Jesus, of course his writing is different because he has seen Jesus glorified and enthroned as king and as the lamb of God prior to writing this book. So, of course, we have words, words over here that the other writers of the gospel won't use. And so he has been given visions of God, of Jesus, of the angels, of the 24 elders, of the living creatures. He has been in heaven through the visions. And so when uh, he speaks about John, he recollects, he thinks now, he remembers and he put now what he has seen, what God has given him through Jesus and through the angel, through the visions, the 16 visions. In writing the book, he can put all these things together and have let us have a better understanding of uh, the role or the responsibility that Jesus had. And so when he writes in regards to him, is recollecting, he's thinking back, because John, John was also there, the writer, John the writer was also there, a follower of John the Baptist. John the writer had been baptized also. And Andrew had been also baptized and were followers of John the Baptist. And so, um, John, the writer also was a cousin of Jesus. And throughout uh, the study of the Bible, we are going to see how this uh, comes about. And but um, this John, John the writer, was a cousin of Jesus. He was the son of Salome, and Salome 
was most likely a sister of Mary. It doesn't tell us if it was an older sister of Mary or younger sister of Mary, but Salome uh, was married to Zebedee. And so uh, they had a, John had a familial connection also. So we have to keep that in mind also because John not only was given these visions, wrote the book of Apocalypse of Revelation before uh, writing the, the, the history of Jesus, the ministry and life of Jesus, but he also knew him personally. So we have to keep that in mind because uh, the disciples of Jesus were close to him, they knew him personally, and so that is how we get to know Jesus. And it is important that we know Jesus because we want to know how we become his followers, what we have to do, what we must do in order to become his followers, what are the commands. Remember, when he speaks, it is commands for us, his followers. He is a king and throne in heaven, in the midst of his enemies, ruling right now. So when Jesus speaks, when God speaks, it is commands for us. And so, of course, uh, maybe we're used to hearing commands and, and, and rulings from, from people and being in a way, in a form that is rigid, that, um, that it's missing love and compassion. And so we're used to, we're used to uh, putting together rules, conditions, standards, laws, together with uh, the, the, the sentiments of being uh, overpowering and being um, rigid and, and, and all of these things that we consider that are uh, of a strong hand, uh, oppressing, oppressors, but God is not that way. God does not need to prove his power to us in order for his commands to have value to us because we God wants us to worship him because we love him because we know he exists because he deserves our worship so he doesn't need to be rigid overpowering and using his force in order for to, to commit us to his worship. So we have to keep that in mind also in regards to God and what when he speaks his word is a command to us, is law to us, is justice to us. And the same is for Jesus. And so um, John, the writer, now recollecting his thoughts, is recollecting that uh, he was there with Andrew and they hear, they, they, he's remembering John the Baptist pointing out to Jesus and exclaiming, see the Lamb of God who takes away sin of the world 
So John the Baptist had also put together the prophecies that were in the Bible in relation to Jesus. He had also witnessed God's Holy Spirit resting upon Jesus. Of course, there was more for them to experience. So uh, he said, this is the one about whom I said, behind me there comes a man who has advanced in front of me, who existed before me. So John, without a doubt, believed that there was an angel that appeared to Mary who told her that she was going to be pregnant and it was going to be uh, God's son. And through the Holy Spirit, this process was going to be that Jesus was going to be placed inside the womb of Mary, his life, his life. Uh, because that is what happens at conception. Life begins at conception. When the, uh, the uh, sperm and the egg get together, they form life. So life was put inside, the life of Jesus was put inside of Mary's womb. And so she became pregnant and the life of Jesus became attached to the womb of Mary and he started to grow as a human being until he was born and then his life is living his life as, as a human. So they all believed that. They all believed that Jesus had an origin that is from heaven. heaven. And so... Um, towards John, right? John remembers. And um, let's read it. And 30, 30, 29. Um, because here is where he started making disciples. He says, he says on John 1, 29, he says, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one about whom I said, behind me there comes a man who has advanced in front of me, for he existed before me. Even I did not know him, but the reason why I came, I came baptizing in water was so that he might be manifest to Israel. So, John has clear understanding that uh, of course remember he's writing on 96 CE this happened many years ago so John is talking about what he recollects as he recollects it but he is also talking in a way where he understands how uh, the birth of Jesus becomes prophecy fulfilled becomes the word of Jehovah God being fulfilled in Jesus. He calls him the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. The Lamb of God. He knew that these animals were used, such as lambs, were used in sacrifice in order uh, for those who wanted to have their sins pardoned, which was something that the nation of Israel had to do. And so, he calls him the lamb because he realizes that is what Jesus became. That is the purpose. 
of Jesus and that he was going to be replacing also these animal sacrifices that were given under the law and so therefore of course the, the way that worship was being done under the law of Moses had to change and so then, then now it became the law of Jesus and according to Romans 10 4 Jesus is the end of the law and he becomes a redeemer he becomes a life sacrifice to God and so of course he his body dies human body but he becomes resurrected by God himself and so on 32 it says continues John also bore witness saying I viewed the spirit coming down as a dove out of heaven and it remained upon him even I did not know him, but the very one who sent me to baptize in water said to me, and this was of course Jehovah God who sent him, whoever it is upon whom you see the Spirit coming down and remaining, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. So he didn't know, John didn't know who it was going to be. And they knew about Jesus, but 17 years had passed, nothing had, Jesus kept living his life as a normal person. And Nothing had happened until that time when Jesus appears in uh, the river to get baptized. And then 34 says, And I have seen it. I have given witness that this one is the Son of God. So they have understanding of that. And so again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. So this is uh, day two after Jesus returning from the wilderness. And he says, that again in the next day John is standing with two of his disciples these are John the writer of the book of John that's there who is a cousin of Jesus and also Andrew and he says and as he looked at Jesus walking he said see the Lamb of God he says it again this is the next day and then uh, he says when when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. So they were followers of John the Baptist. But when they heard that John said this, they began following Jesus. And so then, on 38, he says, Then Jesus turned and seeing them following. So obviously they just started to follow him. And they were not speaking to him. They just follow him. And so he turns around and he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi. Rabbi means teacher. So Rabbi, which means translated teacher. Okay, it says it right there. Where are you staying? And 39 says, He said to them, And they said, well, 
teacher, rabbi, where are you staying? And so he didn't say anything rude to them. He said to them, come and I will show you. So they went and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day, right? So this is the second day. It was about the 10th hour. So it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. The 10th hour was about four o'clock in the afternoon. And so they stay with Jesus, they rest the day, they are with him. And so Andrew is so happy that he finds his brother named Simon, who's also called Peter, so Simon Peter, Peter Simon, and he tells him, we have found the Messiah, right? So this, this um, is continuing on John chapter 1 verse 40, it says, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard what John said and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means when translated Christ. So Andrew finds Peter, Simon, which is his brother. So 42 says, and he led him to Jesus. When Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon the son of John, you will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. So, Jesus uh, called him Cephas. His name was already Peter, but he called him Cephas. And so, on 43 says, the next day, so this is now the third day, right? The next day he wanted to leave for Galilee. Jesus then found Philip and said to him be my follower so these two John and Andrew and Peter are followers already they're following him but for this one for Philip he said Jesus said to him be my follower and 44 says now Philip was from Bethsaida from the city of Andrew and Peter Philip found Nathaniel and said to him we have found the one of whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote Jesus the son of Joseph from Nazareth and 46 says but Nathaniel said to him can anything good come out of Nazareth Philip said to him come and see so what was happening But he had that opinion. Now, 
Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him, See, truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. So, Nathaniel had just expressed his uh, opinion, his truthful opinion in regards to Jesus. Even saying, even asking, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But Jesus, understanding Nathaniel's uh, viewpoint, uh, did not resent himself, did not get insulted. He actually looked for the good in Nathaniel. He said, see, truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. So, even though Nathaniel had his own opinion, Jesus said, well, that is his own opinion. Instead, he looked for the good in Nathaniel and said that he was a man where there was no deceit found in him. He was an honest man. And so he spoke from his heart. Most likely, then, Jesus knew what he was talking about that happened in, in, in Nazareth. So he didn't take it personal, but maybe something was going on in Nazareth that Jesus did not say, that's not true. I'm from there. That's not what's going on in there. No. Jesus recognized that Nathaniel was an honest man. And so in 48, he says, Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him before Philip uh, called you, he said, Jesus said, before Philip called you, while you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Of course, we know that Jesus uh, has Holy Spirit, has great understanding and discernment. And so he already, he could know in regards to Nathaniel because God has given him uh, power to do these things. So on 49, he says, Nathaniel responded, Rabbi, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are king of Israel. So his attitude towards Jesus then changes immediately after Jesus tells him where he was. Obviously, uh, this was surprising, surprising to Nathaniel, who had difficulty believing. So, he continues on 15, says, Jesus answered him, Do you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see. He didn't say to him also again, Jesus now knows, right? And of course, he already knew that Nathaniel has a real difficult time believing. He's very skeptical. And I can uh, understand him. I, I have been that person too. I have been very skeptical when it comes to many things. When it comes to the Bible, for me in the beginning, it was 
the same way. I, I had to have evidence, as everyone have to have evidence. That is why God has allowed evidence to be there. Because we have brains, we have free will, we, have, we are thinking humans, we have our own opinions, and so God wants us to form a relationship with Him based on what we know for evidence. That we know that He exists, that He is real, and that we are convinced of it. We just go through feelings and emotions and then whenever we're happy then God exists and whenever we're not happy then we behave as if we don't believe in God so uh, Jesus answer uh, demonstrates that that he's telling him I know you're thinking I know what you're thinking I know that you were skeptical but he also want to guide people because we see how uh, his attitude completely changed he called him rabbi which means teacher and then he says you are the son of God meaning that he knew the scriptures Nathaniel knew the scriptures knew the prophecies but didn't believe that Jesus was the one about that the prophecies spoke about he just needed to connect that. Once he connected it, his faith became even stronger because now he knows that the prophecies are fulfilled. He's speaking with the Messiah. And uh, he says, you are king of Israel. And so then Jesus answered to him, do you believe because I told you, I saw you under the fig tree? And then he reassures him and he tells him, so he don't scold them because he didn't believe. He didn't tell him, you unbeliever, you. <laughs> he told him, uh, you will see things greater than these. Right? So that is the attitude that we want to have. The attitude that Jesus had. And so he then said to him, most truly, I say to you, men. And then now he speaks to all of them that are there present. He said to them, most truly I say to you, man, you will see heaven open up and the angels of God ascending and descending to the Son of Man. So he tells them, you will see things greater than this as the prophecies begin to fulfill. But what we want to know, what we want to learn is, look at the way that Jesus is king over humans he's been giving holy spirit he is not abusing of that power that he has been given he uh deals with people as his peers as if they were his peers and of course uh, he can know the intentions of them of their heart and their thinking he can know that but he looks for the good in people when the good is present and he knows that the intentions of the humans are because uh, for example in Nathaniel's case where which he was skeptical and he has he had his own opinion in regards to uh, where Jesus came from but uh, it wasn't that he did not believe in Jehovah God or that he did not believe in Jesus it wasn't that so Jesus will understand the intentions 
of him because later on we will see that the way that he deals with the Sadducees and the scribes those who are supposed to be leading the people he deals with them in a very um, tough manner uh, exposing them exposing their falsehood and exposing how they been, they have been using uh, their power their knowledge and they have elevated themselves over humans the humans that they were supposed to be guiding and instead they have been oppressing the people not guiding them in a spiritual way as God had wanted them to do now in regards to the prophecy of Genesis 3.15 how do we begin organizations obviously Jesus knew and had in mind that uh, worship was switching now worship by God or for God was transitioning to become worship that was going to be through the Lamb or through Jesus so those sacrifices that they were doing under the law of Moses were not going to be done as well as other things were not going to be done there were certain things that they were supposed to be following that were the essence of the law uh, for example Jesus put it together as um, two, two commands love Jehovah with all your heart with all your strength with all your mind with all your soul with our entire being and then also love your neighbor as you love yourself and then later on Jesus even changed it to love your neighbor as I have loved you which means that even giving up our life in exchange of others because that is what Jesus did he died for all of us so that under his sacrifice we can have the opportunity because we have a choice we have a choice we have a choice to life by obeying Jesus by obeying what Jehovah says or we have a choice to live our life the way that we want to our short life and um, ourselves the way the way that we want to live the way that Adam and Eve lived and then um, we don't have a choice in regards to then uh, also living because it can be both we cannot be rebellious and disobedient just as Adam and Eve were and then expect also to be spiritual obedient followers of the Christ and also subjects of God's kingdom through Jesus and also be on God's side it can't be both it's not both ways it's either one or the other there are two organizations it's either one or the other that we belong to and our way of being is what will say ultimately because I can say with my mouth that I am a follower of the Christ but then doing otherwise with my life my life style my choices my personal choices and so we find that Jesus uh, also had understanding 
of this prophecy at Genesis 3.15 where there will be two organizations, one will be against the other and so therefore, therefore the way that we begin an organization is by attracting others to what we're doing. That's it. That is what Jesus did. After he left the wilderness, he returned to Galilee. He returned to John where he knew that people who wanted to worship Jehovah God and who wanted to submit to this new way of worship. Because this was a new way of worship that was being instituted through John. So those people who wanted to do that, remember that John is preparing a people for God. He's preparing this organization that will grow that will come out of all the nations eventually because in 33 CE, three and a half years later, after Jesus Christ uh, began his ministry, then he's killed. But his efforts are not ended there because others have to recognize that the prophecy exists. And it will continue even after Armageddon, continuing to the end of the thousand year reign. And so this organization emanates from heaven. Because remember, we humans come are into existence because God created humans. The organization doesn't come from humans. The organization already existed. And if God's organization, God's heavenly organization. And so if Adam and Eve had not sinned, we will not be into this division of thoughts and ideas and I do what I want and you do what you want and, and no one tells me what I can do and blah blah blah. It will be everyone will be under God's subjection. We will all, that will be the only thing that will change. And of course, everything that we'll do, what, what we will do in life, either for whatever we do, whatever activity we do in life, it will be that we take into consideration what God approves and what God doesn't approve. That's the way it will be. If Adam and Eve will have not sinned, no one will be dying, no one will be sinning, no one will be um, uh, getting older, getting sick. And everyone will be under that one organization which is composed of heaven, the heavenly things, and the earthly things, which is uh, something that God did in addition to his heavenly creation with us humans. So then, because the humans rebel against God, so therefore then the prophecy is there are going to be two organizations. Because he already existed there at the moment that Adam and Eve decided that they are not going to have anything to do with uh, with a uh, with Jehovah, they believe Satan. 
Satan became their god. And they became in, uh, in Satan's uh, side. And so humans have been worshiping God. Jehovah God had set a standard, has set a nation until it would lead to the Christ, to the Lamb of God that takes sin away from the world. And so therefore, we have the other scripture here, uh, John 3, 16, where he says, organization 
through Jesus because Jesus will be coming will be going back to heaven to his father but the followers of Jesus here on the earth must continue that pattern so we have to find that pattern now because if you find that pattern you find the pattern from when Jesus began his ministry which make very much visible God's organization here on earth and what constituted to become part of God's kingdom part of God's organization he made clear that the two organizations are one against the other one will be led by Satan the other is led by Jesus so then studying the Bible following the pattern finding the pattern and then following the pattern and then also who is the John class now Jesus said by their fruits you will know them so where on this world right now today what day is today October 14 2020 today who can be said on this planet earth to be found to be followers of the Christ following this pattern that Jesus said there must exist there must exist because Jesus said uh, to them in Matthew 24 and I'm going to look at 24 14 first and he's speaking to them but he's speaking also about the end he says 24 14 he says and this good news of the kingdom will be preached in all the inhabited earth for a witness to all the nations and then the end will come so someone will be giving a witness about these things that are found in the Bible someone will be doing the preaching and teaching work or teaching activity that Jesus commanded to be done he says here on Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 he says Jesus approached and spoke to them saying all authority has been given me in heaven and on the earth go therefore and make disciples of people of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you and look I am with you all the days until the conclusion of the system of things this becomes a reality according to what Revelation tells us Revelation uh, 7-9 it says after this I saw and looked a great crowd which no man was able to number out of all the nations and tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the lamb dressed in white robes and there were palm branches in their hands and keep shouting with a loud voice saying salvation we owe to our God who is seated and on the throne and to the lamb this becomes a reality 
this becomes a reality in the Lord's day. Which is uh, something that I will be explaining on Friday in regards to what is the Lord's day. Are we in the Lord's day? When did the Lord's day start? When will the Lord's day end? Who is the Lord? So I will be explaining that on this Friday. But the prophecy becomes fulfilled. Has it been fulfilled? Have you seen it fulfilled? Who are the ones who are followers of the Christ in the manner of the Christ? Going from door to door, doing the preaching activity, doing the preaching uh, command. Who do you know? Who do you know is preaching around the world? No matter where you are, you find them preaching and teaching because they come from all the nations and all the languages. And they are supposed to be directed, all of them, by the same thing, God's Word. So wherever you go in the world, you will see the same teaching. That is from God's Word, the Bible. From whatever Bible. But we use this one, of course. I use this one. And so, the prophecy is there. Someone has to be following this pattern. Out of all the people that live in the world, that are in the world, out of the, the close to uh, 9 billion people that are in the world, there should be someone who represents this organization that was started and was visible through Jesus. There have to be those who are truly becoming or are doing what Jesus commanded to do, to go therefore and preach and teach and baptize, who are uh, fulfilling what John 17, 3 says, that we should be knowing, getting to know the one, uh, the only true God and the one that he sent forth, Jesus. And there is only one way to do that, that is by studying, as Jesus said, go therefore, preach and teach. Who's doing this teaching now? And now that we are in the pandemic, who's doing this teaching now? Who are those who are not participating in wars? They prefer to go to jail than to go to war to kill other humans. Who are the ones doing this? Because uh, if you know, then they are following the pattern that Jesus said. Who are fulfilling the command that said in John 13, 34 and 35 that the mark, the mark of the followers of Jesus will be love, agape love, love based on principles. Who are demonstrating their love now? Even though they are being persecuted. So we have to think about that because when it comes to knowing and becoming a follower of the Christ, it is the same thing that people back then in Jesus' time, remember that 17 years have passed, no one knew about Jesus. Yes, they knew about the miracle, but you know, people forget. 17 years um, after 
he was at the temple that's the last thing we know in regards to what happened with Jesus obviously he kept to himself and you know no one knew much about him and then now he um, he resolves to be the Messiah what will have you done then Because it is the same way that we should treat the matter now. And so that is today's um, topic. Next week on Wednesday, I will be considering the first time when Jesus performs a miracle. And we will study a little bit more of what happens then uh, with this miracle what was the miracle that he performs so we want to find out a little bit more about what the bible says remember that's what we want to do um, when it comes to to the bible yes uh, we do need someone to guide us but we want to make sure that we're being guided we are being guided uh, in what Jesus taught, in what the Bible says, not what, not what the people say because they say it because they, uh, for whatever reasons, for for whatever reason that they use the Bible, right? Because we know that some use the Bible in order to um, to use it as a secular type of work, but Jesus said. You receive free, you give free. When it comes to spiritual matters, we are are not to be uh, making a business out of it. So business is business. Our secular work is secular work. It does not relate to doing, becoming followers of the Christ spiritual matters all right so I take out time from my time uh, to do these presentations that relate to spiritual matters and um, as long as I have um, the opportunity and and I feel you know that I can do it health wise then I will continue to do it continue to explain for now, this is um, this is what happens today and tomorrow on uh, Thursdays. I speak about the book of Revelation. I've been explaining the book of Revelation on Thursdays. So tomorrow I will begin. I finally finish with the chapter eight of Revelation, but tomorrow I will continue with the book of Revelation chapter nine, and which continue with the trumpets giving warning, giving sounding the word, the, the, the trumpets as um, as the um, revelations are, are continue to become given in regards to what will happen in the future, in regards to what John saw and how these prophecies are being fulfilled now. And also on Fridays I speak about general subjects. So on Friday I will be speaking about uh, the Lord's Day. What is it? When is it? Who's the Lord? I will be explaining that on 
So I hope you have a beautiful day. Es hora de estudiar la Biblia. Esta programación ha sido reproducida de una presentación en vivo por medio de Facebook Live.